The UFC today is a $4 billion plus MMA juggernaut with an exclusive ESPN rights deal and major partnerships with companies like Reebok and Anheuser-Busch. The brand's success is in large part due to the 2001 purchase of the organization by Frank and Lorenzo Fertitta from then-owner Bob Myrowitz. Under the Fertittas and their business partner Dana White, the company would skyrocket in popularity and profitability, but things were not always Ronda Rousey on Ellen and 2 million pay-per-view by Conor McGregor cards. UFC parent company Zuffa LLC had to dig itself a very large hole in order to eventually become the massive success it is today. But what if the Fertitas never bought the UFC from Myrowitz back in 2001? What if Dana White never attended that friend's wedding where he was reintroduced to the Fertitas and they never got into business together? They never made a play to own the biggest MMA organization in the United States. What would have happened to the UFC? What would have happened to MMA? I'm Tommy from MMA on Point, and I'm wondering, what if the Fertitas never bought the UFC? In order to best theorize how the UFC's fate might have been affected by a lack of Fertitta brothers, it's important to understand the state of the UFC at the turn of the millennium. In short, things were not good. MMA is a fairly benign part of our modern society, with events being legal in all 50 states, and the company that created Jake and the Neverland Pirates making a deal to air UFC events on one of their channels. But things were not always this way. In fact, for a very good chunk of MMA's existence, it was seen as a plague upon society. Senator John McCain famously called the sport human cockfighting, but he did far more than that. In 1996, McCain would write a letter to the 50 governors across the country, encouraging them to place a ban on all mixed martial arts events, and a majority of them did exactly that. The general feeling about MMA in the U.S. was that it was merely ultra-violent spectacle, pure carnage for carnage's sake, a sign of the downfall of Western civilization. The cable companies did just that, and by the late 90s, most of the major pay-per-view distributors flat-out refused to air UFC events. This limited the UFC's potential market to about 2.5% of the U.S. population, with pay-per-view all but dead, and events being held in places like Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and Lake Charles Louisiana, the UFC was in dire straits, not even distributing home video releases of UFC 23 through UFC 29 to cut back on costs. The UFC was fighting legal battles across the country, they were making huge rules changes to the sport in order to appease the athletic commissions to achieve sanctioning, and despite their best efforts, could not get a foothold back in the sports betting capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada. Now hemorrhaging money from the loss of major pay-per-view distribution and believing their fight to get the sport sanctioned in bigger markets would end up fruitless, UFC owner Bob Myrowitz had no other choice but to sell the dying company or close up shop. Lucky for him, someone was interested in keeping the brand alive. American top team owner, Dan Lambert. That's right, before the Fertitas were in the fold to purchase the UFC, ATT head Dan Lambert was planning on buying the organization, even placing a deposit down in order to secure the company. Of course, the Fertitas would come to Meyerowitz with a better offer of $2 million, and in 2001, Zuffa would take over the brand. But today, we're asking what would have happened had the Fertitas not been involved, and the first answer to that question is that it would have been sold to Dan Lambert. But what would the Dan Lambert UFC have looked like? According to him, it would have looked a lot different. Lambert told Ariel Helwani back in 2015, that he wanted to purchase the UFC simply so his guys at ATT had a place to fight. He said, quote, it would have been very, very, very small scale, meaning the UFC would have likely never regained pay-per-view distribution rights, and it's also fair to speculate that the vast majority of states would have never sanctioned the sport as a small-scale UFC would not have been profitable enough for most legislators to even consider changing their rulings. Not to mention it's likely Lambert wouldn't even have tried to influence them. Even a small-scale Lambert UFC would have still been a very difficult enterprise to keep afloat though, considering all the issues that plagued the company as well as the sport in 2001. The Fertitas pumped nearly $40 million into the brand before
sports started to become profitable. Not only that, but it was their influence as major Vegas power players with major capital, Lorenzo for a time even serving as a commissioner for the Nevada State Athletic Commission, that helped convince Nevada, other major markets, as well as pay-per-view distributors, that the UFC was a company to do business with. Even then, without the Spike TV deal and the success of The Ultimate Fighter, it's likely the UFC would have folded despite the $40 million that kept it afloat for those four years. A small regional Lambert UFC would have either stayed regional or folded up shop due to the enormous amount of money it would have taken to save the UFC as a national brand. When asked by Helwani if he would have been able to make that sort of financial commitment, Lambert simply said, I don't have that kind of money, dude. So with Lambert's idea to keep the promotion small and not having the capital it would have taken to propel the brand into the monster it's become today, the fate of MMA in the United States looks pretty grim. Fighters are still fighting in the states that they can fight in, but with a smaller, less profitable UFC that had little to no pay-per-view distribution, chances are the majority of serious contenders would have found their way to Japan or elsewhere in order to compete for bigger money in promotions like Pride FC. But where would those fighters have gone in 2007 when Pride would eventually collapse due to the scandal of having the Yakuza heavily involved in the promotion? Well, without the Fertitta's version of the UFC and their purchasing of the Pride brand, they probably wouldn't be coming back to the United States. It's unclear just what would have happened to MMA at that point without a strong UFC presence in the US throughout the 2000s. Major competing brands like Elite XC and Strikeforce may not have even existed, as in this version of reality, the UFC is not a major television rating success, it's a small regional promotion run by Dan Lambert. Both of those competing brands began a year after the UFC's success on Spike TV in 2005. So in 2007, with little to no MMA presence in North America and the collapse of Pride FC, does this mark the death of MMA as a major sport where major money can be made? Certainly it would look that way in the United States at the very least. Brazil has always had a strong MMA presence and likely always will, but with a lack of big money opportunities here in the US, the size and scope of MMA and the pool of fighters from North America looking to participate in the niche sport would drop considerably. That is unless one other major hypothetical event occurred. The UFC is purchased by Shane McMahon. That's right, the son of billionaire WWE boss Vince McMahon on numerous occasions showed interest in purchasing the UFC as well as partnering with Pride FC. Shane was a big-time fan of MMA even before the Zuffa purchase in 2001, and it's likely at some point in a world without the Fertitas buying the company that McMahon would have made a play for the smaller Dan Lambert UFC. Depending on when that action took place, it could have had the full backing of the WWE machine, although it's more likely Shane would have purchased the UFC brand after his departure from the WWE in 2009. McMahon brokered several major TV deals during his time with the WWE, so he had the business know-how to get the UFC on television. Would it have been the massive success it would eventually become under the Fertitas? It's hard to say, but there's no doubt that McMahon would have tried to get the UFC some sort of distribution, and with audiences eating up MMA on a large scale in our reality since 2005, it's not too hard to imagine the McMahon UFC brand resurrecting the sport in the US. Or maybe he would have turned it into some sort of pro wrestling hybrid and destroyed MMA forever. There's no denying, though, that Shane McMahon had the business background, the passion for the sport, the capital, and the charisma to potentially turn things around for the UFC. Speaking of charisma, there needs to be consideration for one major player in this story that we've neglected up to this point. Dana fucking White. Now, of course, we've already laid the groundwork here and stated in the intro that Dana White never partnered up with the Fertitas and the Fertitas never bought the UFC. But that doesn't mean that Dana was not interested in the fate of the organization. At the time, White was managing fighters like Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. It was White who, in his business dealings with the UFC, knew they were in serious financial trouble and made the Fertitas aware of this fact. So, with that same knowledge in 2001, without the money and influence of the Fertitas, would Dana have been able to find a way to purchase the brand? 
It doesn't seem likely. While Dana was successfully running several of his own businesses, he was not in a position to purchase the company, nor would he have had the capital, to keep the UFC viable long enough to get to the Spike TV deal. Even if White were to have approached Lambert about teaming up to make the UFC into his vision of what it would eventually become, we've already covered the fact that it would have taken a massive amount of money to get to the point where the company would have been profitable, and Lambert simply didn't have that sort of cash. So does this mean that Dana White would have just kept managing fighters and doing this and that in the fight game, never really making a major impact? Impact? Possibly, but if Lambert buys the UFC and keeps things smaller, maybe White gives up on MMA and focuses more on his passion, boxing. When White moved back to Vegas, he was hell-bent on becoming a major player in the boxing world, and with his charisma and drive, it's not impossible to think that Dana could have risen up the ranks and eventually had his own successful boxing promotion. Maybe without the UFC becoming such a direct and profitable competitor to the floundering boxing world at the time, White could have given the sport a shot in the arm, and we'd be watching major boxing events on network television again. It's tough to say just how things would have gone for White without his partnership with the Fertitas, but with his passion for combat sports and his drive, chances are he would have made some impact in some way, somewhere on the timeline. No matter how you look at it though, if the Fertitas don't purchase the UFC in 2001 and then sink $40 million into the company until they finally strike a chord with their reality show The Ultimate Fighter, the MMA landscape is a vastly different place today. It's not unreasonable to believe the collapse of pride would have essentially destroyed the market for major promotions, and without a strong UFC brand to keep the sport alive at that point, things look pretty dark in the MMA world. If the Fertitas didn't buy the UFC for $2 million and fight tooth and nail for years to get the sport back in all 50 states, if they didn't operate in the red for those four years leading up to the Spike TV deal, I'm probably not even talking to you right now. You're not watching this video. This channel probably doesn't exist. Dana White always says that fighting is in our DNA, and maybe as we speculated today, MMA would find a home here in the US and become the global phenomenon it is now under Shane McMahon. Or maybe the UFC is just a small regional promotion in a sport the vast majority of people only remember for the human cockfighting label it received in the 90s. What if the Fertitas never bought the UFC? It's impossible to know for certain, but what is clear is that it's one of the most important moments in all of mixed martial arts history. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Huge shout out to Tomas Welsh for editing this video together. Follow him on Instagram at BigBeatVisual. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day. Almost every single major MMA fight over the past few decades from the comfort of your own home is pretty great. Although I greatly wish they would just combine Fight Pass and ESPN Plus in some way, the UFC's online network doesn't just show a ton of UFC events, but also historic promotions such as Pride, Pancrase, Shudo, and